a little bit differently. Uh, this is Dr. John Deloney, everybody. Uh, give it up for Dr. Deloney. If you were here last night, you got to hear from him. Uh, we really appreciate him being on here. And he's this well-known guy, works for Dr. Dave Ramsey. But um, Dave doesn't have a doctorate. Oh, oh, he doesn't. Never mind. He's, and you have two, so I bet you rub that in his face. Do not. He pays my paychecks. So okay, cool. So John said uh, this morning, he, he asked, uh, I mean, John and I tr- have been around each other a lot. And, and he said, hey, have you ever talked about your anxiety in chapel? And I said, no, not in chapel. Um, and he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And he proceeded to tell me what we're going to do. Um, because he understands the world of mental health. And he understands how prevalent anxiety is. So about two and a half years ago, I went home. I went and worked out, left to work, went and worked out. Went home, had uh, dinner with my wife and kids. Ate uh, two or three cookies. Um, laid seven, da- seven or eight cookies? Yeah, give or take. Uh, Laid down to, and watched TV, and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, something was different. And I thought, okay, I just had this, this weight on me. And uh, I, I even took like an Advil PM to try to help me sleep. I didn't, I didn't sleep for days uh, after that. And it got, it got really dark, to be honest with you. Like, uh, like, like one night, I even like the next day, I told Angie, hey, we're calling your dad because I got to have the guns out of the house. And, and it was one night like that, but it, it, it was crazy. And so, like I said last night, uh, Jeff Smith, Dr. Jeff Smith on campus said, hey, have you talked to Deloney? Um, Deloney sent me a random text that day, and I ended up talking to him, and, uh, and he walked with me in that journey and has continued to check on me. And so I think as, as we deal with people that deal with anxiety, John, uh, and, and you've walked that path too, like why, one, tell us what anxiety is and like why did my body feel the way it felt for, for so long. Well, and thanks for sharing that. And the, I think it's important for everybody to know, like if you become dean of students, you become vice president, you become a president of something, you win your corporation, you become teacher of the year, you get some fancy radio show job or whatever, like this stuff still happens. And there's this idea that if I can just get to the next thing, then I'm going to be okay. And I remember in as a student at Lubbock Christian, um, when I worked at Lubbock, like these, I experienced that same stuff. And I was working at Abilene Christian when I got bent low with it. Um, if we went around the room, the stats would tell me that one out of two of you would, could be diagnosed with anxiety. And probably 75% of the people in this room have some sort of, whew, right? And then the other 25%, y'all know somebody and you don't know what to do. So what my venture was, was trying to do exactly that. What is happening this is the richest civilization in the history of mankind. We have access to more capital. We've got no food worries. We've got endless numbers of people to date because of groups like this and because of at, like we've solved for every problem. How are we more anxious and more depressed and more stressed and more ADHD? How, how what's happening? And so um, I ended up going back to, I was working at Texas Tech at this time after I was working at ACU and I just started going back to school as an old person to get another, I just started taking another class, another class, another class. And I come to find out everything I'd been told about anxiety was, was not true because I'd been told that my brain was broken, like it had a wiring issue, and that if, if you get it, if it comes upon you, then you just, you're going to have to take meds for the rest of your life and you're broken. That just happens to some of us, and so be it. And what I've come to find out from neuroscience and from biology and physiology all, is that all anxiety is. It's just an alarm system that tells you, you're disconnected, you're lonely, 
And think about it, 10,000 years ago, if you woke up on the plains and all of your tribe had left you, you were probably going to die, right? You need people. And so we're designed to be in community. Or you're in a situation where you're not safe. You're being abused. You are not being treated right. You're in a marginalized population, and, and you are not safe. Or three, you're in a situation that you can't control the outcome. Think of all of the world that we are handing to you right now. Economic stuff, climate stuff, religious stuff, church, I mean, all of it, y'all are absorbing this. And you're hearing, watching adults just act like children all the time. And so there's no wonder, right, that everybody is anxious. And by the way, we live in this media ecosystem where they get paid on eyeballs and clicks. And so they just keep, you know, y'all know this, they keep just sending us what we already want to believe and know. And so if it sees that we're stressed, (laughs) it'll get us more stressed and then more stressed. And pretty soon it's all coming down. Right. Um, and you find yourself laying there in the bed at the middle of the night and I can't breathe. Right. And it doesn't make any sense because my wife loves me my kids are healthy and I got a good job and I can't breathe. Right. So from a faith standpoint, how does, what would you encourage people to do? Because like you said, that is something that we probably keep pretty close to our, our vest. Like we, we don't necessarily want people to know that we're broken and that we're, we're feeling these feelings. And, and, but how would, how would you recommend we engage a faith community that is really meant to walk with us in those seasons, but we haven't really modeled that super well as, as a church? Yeah, we moralized it, right? Like if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you are struggling with abuse, if you're struggling with stuff, we've made it like, just go pray and it goes away. And it was somebody here, it was Dr. Smith, who, um, and by the way, if you weren't here last night, Dr. Smith saved my life. Like, I was an administrator, a senior leader at ACU, and I got in my car one day and drove down and sat with the doctor that y'all have here. He's a really remarkable guy. Randall DeMint saved my life. Like, I called and reached out to those guys, similar to how Josh and I connected. Um, something that Dr. Smith told me that has resonated with me forever is if I was training for a marathon— and I stepped off the curb, and I broke my ankle. Nobody at my church would say, you should just pray harder and keep running. Nobody would say that, because that's insane, right? Nobody would say, somebody doesn't believe in Jesus, because he's got a broken ankle, sucker. And nobody would say, uh, God, wants you to, God wants you to finish this marathon. You will finish this marathon. Your kids and your community are counting on you. No, we would say, dude, well, stop running, number one. And two, go see a doctor, because your foot's broken. Three, get a cast. Four, stay off of it for six to eight weeks. Five, you may need, maybe, you need some medication to get you through this little, this gap here. And then you're going to have to go to, like, physical therapy. And then you can start walking. And then you can start jogging. And then you can train again. You're going to have to run next year. And our churches, we just haven't done a good job. And I, I mean, I'm the leader of my church. Like, we haven't done a good job setting a stage for anything other than people who struggle with those type of things, your faith is kind of shallow and thin. You should go over there, right? And so I think it's flipping it around and looking at the way Jesus walked through the world, and he had his eyes out always for who's left out, who's outside of this this picture. I'll never forget walking with a colleague at ACU. Um, we were walking down the mall area, and we were chit-chatting, and I said something, and he looked at me, and he said something that has stuck in my soul forever. He said, he looked at me kind of shocked and as though I was an idiot, which I was. And he said, you know, if Jesus was back here right now, he wouldn't be here. He would be downtown at the mission. 
helping folks. I looked at him and said, well, what are we doing here? And he said, that's the question every Christian should be asking himself. And I remember going, oh, no. And then I look at the Pharisees just looking and being like, hey, what about us? What about us? What about us? And he's always spending time with the people in the march. And so I think churches can do a great job of just saying, hey, our door's open. Here's a seat. Here's some water. Come sit down. Right. And then being able to point people to the right resources. Um, you sat, this auditorium looked different when we were here, but you sat, I don't know where your assigned seat was. I don't remember that far back, but it's oh, right there. there. Okay. That person Dude, it was right there. And listen, um, <laughs> Sydney's like, are you talking to me? Uh, there's a dude right there. You're in like a, like that neon shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You, William. William. Okay. It wasn't yeah. you. It's like two seats and two rows in front of you. <laughs> so you were right over there. Are what? y'all dating? Like you have a red shirt. Oh, dude, this got super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and then you in the blue shirt right next to him. She's like looking down. At him. Yeah. Are y'all together? Yeah. Why, why don't we just have him stand up so everybody yeah. can see? Is that, is that good? Is that good? That's yeah, go what, ahead. That was stand our seat. Up. That was our seat. Stand up. Listen, listen. No, he, hey, look, he's trying to stand up. And she's like, no. Listen, not doing some of you have, are struggling with your faith. Like, I don't know if God's real. Dude, if she is going out with you, there is something bigger going on in the cosmos. <laughs> well played, man. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> we went down a rabbit trail. That was good. Okay. But you know what it's like to be in here. What's like... Give some hope, give some encouragement, give some excitement. Like these students, and by the way, if you say ACU again, I'm punching you in the throat. That's fair. Uh, it, give something like encouraging and exciting for our students to, to hear uh, on this Monday in chapel. Okay, two things. Um, before, and again, I, I said this yesterday. In 2019, I'm going to provide hope by giving you some really dark stats first. Okay, is that cool? In 2019, um, the AMA, the American Medical Association, put out in the JAMA article, the Journal of American Medical Association, that for the third year in a row, the average life expectancy of an American citizen went down again, dying younger for the third year in a row. And then obviously with COVID in the last couple of years, it's continued. And they said it's not these wild illnesses, and it's not cancers, and it's not murder. And if you read the news, it's all murder and cancer and but it's not it. They was what they called diseases of despair, which was suicide, addiction, and what they called long-tail suicide, which is organ disease failure, like liver issues, heart disease. We're eating and drinking and numbing and lonelying ourselves to death. And so one of the things I didn't realize, one of the key components to anxiousness is when your body recognizes you're lonely. Think about the last 24 months for you guys. Bananas. And if 70 to 90% of communication is nonverbal, and we put it all on the internets or all on our phones, we text each other, right? So you want to know where hope is? You want to win in your life? You want your churches to be successful? You want to relate? You've got to get people in your life. And the most beautiful thing that moves forward is when I got my job at Lubbock Christian, it was because of relationships, when I got my job at another school, it was kind of a relationship, and so on, and so on, and so on. And so what you can't recognize now is that 20 years later, one of your oldest best friends in the world will call you one day and say, hey, I'm not doing okay. Or one of oldest best friends in the world will, I'll call them and say, hey, I need some support. Like I've known Dr. McDowell for oh, 20 years now. We've known each other for a long time. 
I, the day he got was coming up for inauguration, I just texted him and I was like, don't screw up my alma mater or something like that, right? Like, I've known, like, these are the folks that become, whether you like it or not, they become your community. And, listen, the world is a really remarkable place. It's really beautiful and it's really, really wonderful. And we have been trapped in this universe where everything is dark and sad and it's all coming down. And here's the thing, it's not. So look for beauty. Look for your friends. Look for laughter. Get off the so stupid, get off your devices. And if you feel yourself being anxious, if you feel yourself being depressed, ask yourself this question. Huh, I wonder what my body's trying to protect me from. What's my body trying to help me with right now? Because your body's not broken. God designed you wonderfully, perfectly. What's, 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 what's it trying to tell me? And then you just begin to reverse engineer it. And then you might find yourself talking to people you haven't talked to in 10 years, 15 years. The world's beautiful and it's remarkable. I'm telling you right now, I sat in this seat. You can do anything on planet Earth that you want to do. Whether you want to be a teacher in Leveland, you're going to go spend time at Harvard. You want to end up on a talk show. I don't even know what I do for a living now. I'm on... A, YouTube's. That's what I do for a living. I'm a YouTube. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm a YouTuber. You are, yeah. It's you and Jake Paul, man. Do you even know who Jake Paul is? Yeah, I want to okay. fight him. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That's good. Um, here's the thing. Look for beauty and find joy. My friend, um, another guy that walked with me that was in this room with me is a guy named Nate Dahlstrom who walked with me through some hard stuff. Find beauty and get connected with your friends. No, that's awesome. Uh, I want to encourage you guys when here in a second, when you leave, there's, there's that uh, piece of paper in the atrium where you can, you can write, this is how I'm going to show kindness this week. That feeds into what John's talking about making this place a better place. And one of the neatest things about a guy like John is, you know, he, a lot of people like him because he's on TV and he's doing this YouTube stuff and this and that, you know, what really speaks to him. Hugs. So here in a minute, we're going to be done, and I'm just going to invite you to meet John over there and give him a hug. And I think it'd be awesome if like six or seven. There is zero percent chance I'm hugging anybody in this room. No. Okay. Okay. Guys, we hope you have an awesome uh, day. Give it up for Dr. John Deloney. Blessings, you guys. You guys have a blessed day. You're dismissed.